so today we are going to continue our sermon series uh, on taking out the trash and this is actually part number five uh, I know this is somewhat of a lengthy sermonic series but I think it is something that we all need to hear and I want to look at our Bible passage for today and of course it is on the screen and I like what the Bible says uh, if it be possible as much as lieth in you live peaceably with all men if it be possible as much as lieth in you live peaceably with all men now bear with me I know I, I, I'm may lose some of you with this analogy, uh, but there is a sermonic point, a spiritual application to this sports analogy. Uh, but in 2016, 2016, the Golden State Warriors, uh, the NBA basketball team, uh, was said to be the greatest basketball team to ever play at that time. In fact, they actually won 73 games, breaking the Chicago Bulls record. And all of the pundits, all of the so-called experts said that this was the greatest team. They had the Splash Brothers. They had the best offense. They had the best defense in the league. And because they were so great, they were the greatest team to ever play. And what's very interesting, what's very interesting about this situation is they steamroll and they beat all of their opponents uh, in the playoffs. And now they make it to the finals. And now they're up 3-1 in the NBA finals. They just needed to win one more game and they would be the world champions. But history is, is kind of funny. Because this so-called unstoppable team, this so-called greatest team that ever was, they actually lost in the finals to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, now, now bear with me because I really don't like this sermon illustration. I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't like the person who's holding up this trophy. Now, now, forgive me and don't judge me. I know that, that, that I'm a preacher and I shouldn't say stuff like that. But God is still working on me. He's still working on me. And if I could just get a little bit more on the monitors, if I can. He's still working on me. But, but, but here it is. Uh, this so-called greatest team ever loses to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the question is, how could this great team lose to the so-called greatest uh, how could the so-called greatest team lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers and the answer is simple it's because of one player it's because of one player his name is Draymond Green and and Draymond Green played for the Golden State Warriors but because Draymond Green was not able to deal with his own emotions and his temper it cost his team the championship uh, what you have to understand is that everyone who knows Draymond Green they know that he's a hothead 
And if you are to talk trash to him, if you're to engage him in uh, the basketball game, then he's going to do some crazy things. He's going to give cheap shots. He's going to elbow. He's going to kick you in places that a man should not be kicked. He's going to punch you. He's going to do all manners of things. He's going to say hurtful things all because he cannot control his own emotions. All throughout the series, he argued with Tristan Thompson. All throughout the series, he got into it with LeBron James. And finally, in the game number five, when they were up and they should win and, and win this, this trophy, uh, Draymond Green, he falls and he hits LeBron James in a place that a man should never hit another man. And we know the story that this player, he gets kicked out of the game, he's suspended, and because he's such a pivotal uh, person in the lineup, uh, his team later on goes on to lose, all because he could not control his own emotions. He could not control his own emotions. And, and he lost the championship for his team, all because... He could not handle the emotions inside. And I don't want you to miss the point. Please do not miss this point. Uh, the point of it all is that uh, why is it that we allow people to make us lose our temper? Uh, why is it uh, that we allow people to take away our happiness, to take away our joy, to take away our peace? All because we don't know how to deal with our emotions so very simple message today very simple message today uh, I would suggest to you I would suggest to you uh, this is a simple message uh, and the message is how to deal with the terrorists in your life how to deal with the terrorists in your Life and I and I understand that we may be having technical difficulties getting messages. Hopefully, we can get it back up and streaming on YouTube uh, and Facebook. But but if we could work on that, getting messages about that, and we're asking that you pray that 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 God's message can be preached and heard uh, to the world. But how to deal with the terrorists in your life? Let us pray, Heavenly Father, Lord. We want to thank you for being a God. Uh, who loves us. And now as we open up your word and we start this message, we ask that you will help us so that we can learn how to deal with the difficult people in our life. This we pray, Jesus' name, amen. Now it's very interesting, it's very interesting, and we, we talked about this. We talked about this later on in an earlier part of our sermonic series. And we talked about how uh, anger, and some people will use anger as a form of control. Uh, and what some people would do, they would raise their voice, they would bang on the table, they would say hurtful things, all because uh, they realize that if they lose their temper, they can get you to do whatever they need you to do. And they use uh, anger as a form of control. And I like the author, the author, uh, Ronald uh, Potter Ephron, in one of his books, he says something very powerful. What he says, he says this, is that, that, that these individuals who use anger as a form of control, you know how he describes them? He describes them as anger terrorists. 
Anger terrorist. And I want you to think about this because what is a terrorist? A terrorist is a person who will use fear to get you to do what they want them to do. Uh, a terrorist is somebody uh, who will hijack things that are precious to you, that will kidnap things that are precious to you, that will blow up things to incite type of fear. And isn't this what angry people will sometimes do? Uh, they'll, they'll hijack your happiness. Uh, they'll, they'll take away your joy. They'll take away your peace. And, and the question is today, how do you deal with people who try to take away your happiness? How do you deal with the angry terrorists in your life? And the first point, first point for today, first point for today, and it's very simple. First point for today, how you deal with the anger terrorists in your life is number one, you've got to pray. Uh, number one, you've got to pray. And what you have to understand, when difficult times come your way, you've got to pray. Uh, when adversity comes your way, you've got to pray. Uh, when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, you need to pray. And when you have difficult people in your life, you need to pray. See, the problem with many of us as Christians, the reason why we don't have the power that we're supposed to have is because we don't pray enough. Uh, the reason why, why many of us aren't able to resist temptation is because we don't pray enough. And you know what's funny about us? What's funny about us as Christians is, is, is we're always looking at our bank account, right? Aren't we always looking at our bank account? We're trying to make sure that we have enough money in the bank account to pay our bills. We're trying to make sure that we have enough money in our bank account uh, to buy the things that we like. We're always looking at our bank account to make sure we got paid. Uh, but the question is, uh, uh, do you look and review your spiritual bank account? Uh, do you really see and analyze, are you spending enough time in prayer? Uh, are you putting in the necessary hours in special time with God so that you can have the power that you need to combat the enemy? The reason why we have no power, the reason why we lose our temper, the reason why we're not the people that we should be is because we're not praying enough. And, and when you study the Bible, you would discover that there were men and women in the Bible who had power because they prayed. Remember when Daniel uh, had that difficult situation and those officials, they devised their little plan that you should not pray to your God or you'll be thrown into the lion's den. But what did Daniel do when he faced difficult people? He opened up his window and he still spent time in prayer with God. Uh, what did Paul and Silas do when they were doing the work of God and they were thrown into jail? They still prayed and sought the face of God. When Jesus knew that, that the cross was imminent and the next day uh, he would embark on his mission, what did Jesus do? Jesus found a solitary place. He went to the garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. Brothers and sisters, when you come in contact with difficult people, anger terrorists who try to hijack your happiness and your joy. The first response that you need to do, you need to pray. 
But then number two, what's very key, what's very key, number two, you got to stay calm. Now, and I know this is a hard one, and I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, this is a problem that your preacher has. Uh, you've got to stay calm. And many of us have this problem. But what you have to understand at the end of the day, you're not a WWE wrestler. At the end of the day, you're not a mixed martial artist fighter. Uh, you are not a professional boxer. And when, when these, these different, difficult, angry people come your way, you got to keep your cool. You're a Christian. Uh, you can't go popping off and repaying evil with evil. Uh, what you have to realize is that every day that you get up out of your bed, your Christianity is on trial. Every day that you, you wake up in the morning, there are people who are watching you. And if you lose your temper, if you lose your cool, if you allow those, those angry people to get the best of you, you're painting a bad commentary of who God is. You, you got to keep your cool. You got to keep your cool. And, and you've got to realize that your children are watching you. Uh, your, your grandchildren are watching you. Our co-workers are watching you. And they know you're a Christian. And they're waiting to see how you respond to difficult situations. You've got to realize that church members are watching you. And most importantly, God is watching you. See, 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 the problem with us is we like to give everybody a piece of their, our mind. Okay, you said this about me. Well, 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 listen, I'm going to say this about you. I'm going to give you a piece of my mind and you a piece of my mind and you a piece of your mind. My mind. <clears throat> but what you got to understand is this. If you're giving everybody a piece of your mind, guess what? You're going to be left with just a piece. And why is it you're allowing people to hijack your peace of mind? Why is it you're allowing people to hijack your peace? You've got to stay calm. You've got to stay calm. And so, number one, it starts with a prayer. Uh, but two, you've got to stay calm. But then number three, this is very key, you've got to assess the situation. You've got to assess the situation. So, so after you prayed, after you're trying to stay calm, what's very key and very necessary is you've got to say to yourself, okay, um, is this person who's coming to me in this, this angry manner, is their anger justifiable? That's what you have to ask yourself. Is their anger justifiable? Uh, you've got to, to review, and you, you know, a lot of times uh, when difficult situations come and difficult people come our way and angry people come our way, uh, we get angry back and we don't look in the mirror at ourselves. And you've got to say, okay, is this person really angry and is their anger justifiable because I did something to make them angry? Uh, um, did I say something that hurt them and now they're just responding to the foolish thing that I said? Did I do something that was irresponsible and all they're doing is responding to what I did? Did I do something in the past? Maybe it could have been a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, and now they have an attitude with me because they're holding this thing over me. You've got to assess the situation. Maybe the, the reason why that person is angry is because you owe them $100. 
right? And they're, they're, they're justifiably upset with you and they have an attitude with you because you owe them money. Maybe, maybe you, you did something, you betrayed their trust, you told a secret or you did something that hurt them in the past and that's why they're so angry with you. And you have to first assess the situation. Is their anger justifiable? But then number four, you, you, you have to realize this, that you deserve to be respected. You deserve to be respected. So even if their anger is justifiable, nobody should just talk to you any type of way. Uh, but, but, but you've got to realize that you are a child of God. You're a child of the king. And you deserve to be respected. You know, you know there's a Bible verse that, that many of us, we misquote and we misunderstand. And you know what that Bible verse is? It's Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. And, and during your moments of solitude, please study it. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. And many of us, we, we misunderstand it. And that Bible verse, and we, we all know it, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called the children of God. And, and, and many of us, we misunderstand it because some of us, we think to be a peacemaker means to be a doormat. Uh, there's some of us who believe to be a peacemaker, that means we've got to be a punching bag. To be a peacemaker, that means that we can allow people to talk to us any type of way. We can be verbally abused, emotionally abused, physically abused, even sexually abused. Because God is telling us we've got to be a peacemaker. But to be a true peacemaker does not mean that you pretend what is wrong is right. A God is not calling any of us to be abused. And you have the right to be respected. Just study the Bible. All you have to do is study the Bible and look at how Jesus responded on this earth. You know, Jesus calls sin by its right name. Uh, Jesus uh, put the Pharisees in their place when they came at him incorrectly. Uh, Jesus uh, corrected the Sadducees when they cut up. Uh, Jesus even flipped over some tables. Now, 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 bear with me. I'm not trying to tell you that you need to flip over some tables. And I don't want you to miss the point. The point is, you deserve to be respected. You deserve to be respected. You deserve to be respected. This is very key. But then... What's also important is that number five, uh, you've got to watch how you respond. So yes, you deserve to be respected, and that's very important, that's very necessary, but you have to watch how you respond to people. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're a Christian, right? And, 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 and you, 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 can't, you can't repay evil with evil, the Bible says. Uh, the Bible also says in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 1, a soft answer turneth away wrath. And I like what one author, one author said it best, that if I become a beast to slay a beast, all that reigns is beastliness. As Christians, we've got to be better. We can't waddle in the mud. We have to act like a Christian. You, why you deserve to be respected? You, you can't fuss 
and fight and do the same manner of evilness that person is doing to you. You've got to watch how you respond. See, see what you have to do is that you have to be very careful about not only how you talk, because see, some of us, uh, again, uh, some of us, we think that all angry people do is yell and scream and fuss and fight. But, but sometimes you can be filled with anger and you can continue to do passive aggressive behavior. And, 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 and that's a way that sometimes we get people back. Okay, you disrespected me and you want me to do this for you? Okay, I'll do it. But then you know in your heart you're walking away, nah, I ain't doing it. That's passive aggressive behavior. And, and, and your yay needs to be yay and your nay needs to be nay and you need to stand up for yourself and don't uh, f fall into the victim and the trap of passive be uh, aggressive behavior because that's angry behavior as well. And so you've got to watch the way that you respond, that you don't yell, that you don't fuss, that you don't fight, and that you do not have passive aggressive behavior. And then number six, which is very key, <laughs> You got to protect yourself. Of course, we're living in a pandemic, and now we know that you can't go anywhere without having a mask on. Uh, you, so there's some people who have face shields on. They have gloves. They have hand sanitizer. Why? Because they're trying to protect themselves. And again, and I'm, I'm trying to explain this to you, is that, and I, I don't know how else to say it, you should protect yourself. There's some of us, we have difficult people and friends in our life that every time we get on the phone with them, guess what? We, we feel worse. Uh, we, sometimes uh, we have friends and family members who every time we get around them, they bring down our self-esteem. That every time we get around them, we get a headache because they know how to press our buttons and they know how to hit us below the belt like Draymond Green. And, 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 and what you have to understand is that you've got to protect yourself. And so what that means is that maybe you don't need to pick up the phone when that friend calls who, who knows that, that loves to, 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 to attack your self-esteem. Maybe you don't need uh, to, 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 to uh, hang around that, that individual, uh, that coworker who, who knows how to make you feel bad. You've got to protect yourself. You've got to know how to disengage. And see, sometimes when you get into an angry situation, what you've got to do is that if you can't resolve it, you've got to say, okay, you know what? Maybe your tempers are high, my temper is high. Uh, we need to maybe talk about this in a few hours. Maybe we need to talk about this next week, maybe tomorrow. Uh, maybe, maybe this is not the time to talk because what's going to happen is you're going to say or do something to me that, that's not right, and I've got to protect myself, Right? Or, or sometimes what you have to do, sometimes there are some friends, some family members, some co-workers that you need to sever, sever all ties with. Uh, that you've got to, you got to do the mispa, all right? Uh, may the Lord watch between me and you while we're absent. Uh, some of you, you need to sing that song. Listen, you take the high road and I'll take the low road, low road and eventually we'll get there together. 
and you know this is a biblical point because just study what the Bible says because the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 15 in Acts chapter 15 Paul and Barnabas Paul and Barnabas they were missionary buddies they they did ministry together in Acts chapter 15 and look at the last part of that chapter in Acts chapter 15 the Bible says that Barnabas wanted to take Mark with them on this missionary journey and but the Bible says that Paul didn't want Mark to go and the Bible says that the contention was so great against these church leaders uh, they were going at it so badly that you know what they did they said okay Paul you go this way I'll go this way uh, you go and do ministry over on this uh, uh, this city and I'll go over on this city and do it because we can't be together because at the end of the day, when you come in contact with angry, difficult people, people who try to hijack and steal away your happiness and your joy, you got to protect yourself. And sometimes you've got to go your separate ways. And so if you're able to, to, to work out that relationship, and maybe, maybe you, you can't, sever all ties because maybe that angry person that you have to deal with is your manager maybe that angry person that you have to deal with have mercy is your spouse right and 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 and, and you can't sever that relationship but after you've taken a time out because we talked about this in a previous message after you've taken a time out and you're able uh to to, to all the tempers have calmed down you come back together and point number seven what you need to try to do is you got to find some type of agreement uh, one of the ways to, to being able to resolve conflict is, is after you've prayed about it, after you've done all these other things, after you've taken a time out from that situation and you've disengaged, uh, what you need to try to do is how, what can we both agree on? And then you, you, you try to move forward for what you can agree on and then try to deal with that issue and that problem that you have. And, and when you, you, you're, you're trying to work that problem out, you've got to be specific. You deal with the issues. Don't go over here. Don't go over there. Deal with that issue and do it in a loving, respectable manner. And if that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, and we're talking specifically to individuals, maybe you can't completely sever that relationship. Uh, maybe you can't love that person from a distance. Maybe you're married to them. Maybe you have to work with them, uh, that person. Maybe uh, they are uh, your supervisor. What you have to do is you've got to try to seek help. And I like uh, what, what, what counselors call it. Uh, they call it triangulation. Triangulation. In other words, you bring a third party into the mix right you bring a a a somebody who is an expert to deal with it a counselor uh, maybe it's a pastor uh, maybe it's a new neutral party maybe it's HR and then they can help you with that situation uh, you seek help because I like what the Bible says because all you have to do is look at the Bible in Matthew chapter 18 what the Bible says is if there, there's somebody who you have problems with uh, what you need to do you need to first try to work that out together and if you can't work it out what does the bible say then you bring somebody into the situation to help you work it out you triangulate that situation a third party now now very very clear let's, let's be clear those of you who are married who are in a dating relationship and you're trying to get help for your relationship uh, the worst thing that you can do if you're going to seek help is to bring a family member into that situation that is the worst thing that you could do. 
That's the worst thing that you can do because what you have to understand is because, say for instance, you're having a disagreement, there's problems, uh, one of you are very angry and you're trying to resolve that issue, you bring a third person. If that's a family member, what you have to realize is eventually if you're a spouse, if you're dating that person, you'll be able to get over that situation. You'll be able to forgive that person. You'll be able to forgive your spouse or the person you're dating, and you'll be able to eventually work through it. But if you bring a relative or a close friend into that problem, guess what? That third person is never going to forgive. Never going to forgive your spouse. Never going to forgive that person you're dating. And that's going to bring more problems to the situation. And so, so if you're going to triangulate, if you're going to seek to get help, it needs to be a neutral party. It needs to be a professional counselor. It needs to be HR. It needs to be maybe a pastor. It needs to be somebody who is not related to the other person. So you seek help. you got to seek help. And then finally, number nine, which you have to realize when you're dealing with a, an angry person who's taken away your happiness and joy, what you have to realize is that sometimes... Sometimes, actually most of the times, it's not about you. What you realize that you have to understand is that most times when you deal with a chronically angry person, a person who's always angry, a person who's always being verbally abusive to you, who's always bringing down your self-esteem, what you have to realize a lot of times is not necessarily about you. What do I mean by that? What you have to realize, and, and I love that title. I love that title of the book, and it's a very good book, very good book by Dr. Sandra Wilson. Uh, the title is Hurt People, Hurt People. Hurt People, Hurt People. And, and so often, the reason why angry people are so chronically angry is because they're hurt on the inside. And I'm not trying to minimize what they're doing to you. I'm not trying to say and condone the bad behavior that they've done to you. But what you have to realize is that a lot of the times they're just projecting their anger onto you. A lot of the times they have displaced anger because of something that happened to them in the past, because of some sickness that they're going through, because of some issue that they can't get out of, because of some traumatic experience, they're angry all the time and every little thing makes them go off and pop off. Now one of the things that we talked about in one of the earlier uh, parts of this message is that sometimes chronically angry people, the reason why they're angry is because they grew up in an angry family. Right. And because maybe they had issues uh, in their family of origin. And now a lot of times you're always going to bring your baggage from home to your new relationship. A lot of times, you're always going to bring your baggage from your personal life to your workplace. And it always spills out. Unresolved issue. Uh, what they say in psychology, it is the presenting past. The past is always presenting itself. And, 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 and now, this person who you're dealing with, who's difficult to deal with, is because they are hurt in the inside. Now, now, now hear me out and follow this analogy that I'm trying to say to you is that, you know, the friends and members of DOZ, I love you guys. I appreciate that you support this ministry here at the church, those of you who are watching us. And, and because I, I, I appreciate you and I love you, I wish that I could give everybody a million dollars. And I know that you, you wish that I could give you a million dollars also, right? But the problem is, I don't have millions of dollars to give you. And I can't give you 
what I don't have. That's the, that's the problem with some people, which you have to realize. And again, I'm not trying to excuse their bad behavior, but, but, but a person can't give what they don't have. You can't expect a person to be loving if they don't even have love for their own self. It's hard. It's hard. And it's hard to accept. Uh, you can't expect a person to respect you if they don't even respect and like their own selves. Because most of the time, you cannot give what you do not have. And, and many times when we deal with chronically angry people, it's because it's not about you. It's about some hurt that they're dealing with that they have not been able to resolve. It's the presenting past. So, I know it's hard, and I know what the Bible tells us. The question now as we close we end this message. <laughs> the Bible gives us a challenge. And I don't know how we can follow this challenge in scripture. God tells us, if possible, as much as lieth in you, we've got to live peaceably with all men. Now this is a challenge. How, how can we deal with the difficult people in our life. How can we deal with those people who hurt us and bring down our self-worth? How? How we do it is the same way that God does it for us. See, brothers and sisters, what we have to understand is that we have to be better. Again, we can't waddle in the mud. We can't talk about that person. We can't repay evil with evil. We can't have passive-aggressive behavior. But we have to stand up. And we have to be better. We have to be better. True story story is actually told story is actually told of a of a man young man maybe 19 years old who was struggling with a terrible hurt struggling because he was abused as a child he was struggling because he did not know how to deal with these emotions and this man young man he does the unthinkable he buys himself a gun and he says to himself he's going to take his life what he decides to do because he didn't believe that nobody loved him he didn't believe that God cared he went to the forest hundreds of miles away from the city that he was living in he walked about a mile into this thick forest he found a big rock he took this gun out he put the gun at his temple and now as he's about to pull this the trigger of the gun he asked the question God why don't you love me it's now about two three o'clock in the morning it's it's pitch black he talks to the Lord one more time he says Lord I feel just like this atmosphere feel nothing but darkness Lord if you're really there 
shine your light on me. Now, as he's about to pull the trigger of this gun, to his surprise, he is hundreds of miles away from anybody. He sees a light shining in the distance. He sees a man walking with a lantern in the distance. And something tells him, follow the light. He puts his gun away. And this man is startled when he sees this other gentleman. He thought that he was the only one in this secluded spot. And he greets him and he says, what's, what's going on, my brother? And this man who is struggling with depression, he says, I saw your light. And something told me to come to see you. Why are you walking in the midnight? This man who was walking with this lantern, he said, you know what? I came here on a spiritual retreat just to talk to God. I wanted to be alone and to, to talk with my heavenly father. And as I was sleeping, God woke me up in the middle of the night and he told me to light my light and to walk in the midnight. I don't know why he told me to do it, but he told me to let my light shine. All because this man was willing to allow his light to shine. He was able to save another person. See, brothers and sisters, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know that person may be wrong. I know that person may hurt you. But what you have to do, you've still got to let your light shine. You've got to teach people how to be a Christian. You have to show people how to love. You've got to repay evil with love. And again, I'm not telling you that you need to be a doormat. But what I'm saying is that you've got to stand up for yourself but you have to still show love because that's what God is doing for you today he is showing love to you even though so many times we turn our back on him so I don't know who I'm talking to today maybe you are in a difficult situation but God wants you to shine your light maybe you're married to an angry person but God still wants you to shine your light Maybe uh, your co-workers are all angry people, but God wants you to still shine your light. We have a responsibility to be the Christians that God has called us to be. See, see the, key, the key to it all is this. Don't miss this. Don't let your environment change your behavior. I'm going to say it again. Don't let your environment change your behavior. Let your behavior change your environment. You've got to teach people how to be a Christian. And so, those of you who have heard the appeal, maybe you need special prayer that God can give you the power to shine your light. And we're going to pray for you in a little bit. But maybe you are blessed this message and and God is speaking to your heart and you realize that maybe you need to make your calling and election sure and you need to be either baptized or rebaptized I'm asking technology team just put that same number our new t uh, number on the screen our new number on the screen all you simply have to do 
is text our number text our number text this number and if you're interested in baptism or rebaptism just let us know we'll get in contact with you God not only wants you to shine your light in your difficult situation but God wants you to shine your light he wants you to go all the way in baptism if that's your desire just simply text this number and tell us give us your information and we'll get with you Brothers and sisters, we are living in the last days. And in times like this, we need to make our calling and election sure. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we want to thank you for loving us the way that you do. We want to thank you for allowing your mercy to reign on us, even though we're so undeserving of it. So help us, Father, to be the light that you've called us to be. Help us to go back to our workplace and, and no longer repay evil with evil, but help us to shine our light. Help us to go back to our homes and, and shine our light. Help us to go back to our neighborhoods and, and shine our light. Help us to be the people that you've called us and designed us to be. Help us to represent you to the world. This we pray. This we plead, Jesus' most holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee thou changest not thy compassions they fail not as thou hast been Thou forever will be Great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning
witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy and love. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, thank the sister for that beautiful rendition of great is thy faithfulness i don't know about you brother and sister but i was richly blessed this morning by the word and by the music god has been awesome to us today and throughout the week don't forget that at 4 p.m today we will be having a bible study hosted by myself and Dr. Hamilton. So please tune in at 4 p.m. sharp. Remember to like, share today's program. Please remember to like and share today's program. Let us bow our heads as we close for prayer. Our gracious and kind Heavenly Father, we thank you for how faithful you are to us, Lord. We thank you for loving us, even though we don't even know how to love ourselves. We don't know how to love each other. So, Father, we ask that you guide us, that your spirit guides us in how to love each other and how to be more loving and how to be more peaceful and how to be as Jesus was when he was here on this earth. 
Father, continue to keep us today and help us to remember today is the Sabbath and we should keep it holy. We thank you for loving us, Jesus, in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all and enjoy the rest of your Sabbath.